yeah, Poor I mean, mom, mom is always mom, like talking around me and she's like, but you can't put that on the pod. I'm like, you don't have it. It's in our contract. Like whatever you say, it's like Siri. We're always listening and it's always available for the pod. <laughs> so. Episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. This week, Becky is not with us. Becky is in the midst of moving across the country. So we brought in reinforcements. Lily, I brought with us an incredible, I brought to us an incredible, not replacement for Becky, but someone to carry the torch, actor, model, and clubhouse queen, Jenny Ann Hochberg. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much. I'm being called a clubhouse queen. I love queen. So I'm like, clubhouse queen, I'll take it. I'll take it. And I call you clubhouse queen because you are that clubhouse, this new app that everyone thinks is hip. Jenny was there before all of you. And we've been hosting, as I've mentioned on the show, this weekly 90s chat. So we're going to bring some of that spirit today to the podcast. And uh, we're also going to get to know Jenny, who's extremely accomplished and has some really fun stuff to talk about, including her mutual love of Queen. In fact, let's just start there. Lily, you're a big Queen fan. Huge Queen fan. Thanks to you, Shy, big brother. Really? My, yeah, I think probably most of the music I ever listened to or it, like, besides like our parents putting on James Taylor and like Paul Simon throughout our childhood, I think every other more or less music that I've gotten into is probably because of your influence, but yes, that would be one of the bands I would say if I ever could like bring a band out. That you... What's your favorite Queen song? I mean, "Don't Stop Me Now" is pretty amazing. Someone else like, has their favorite too. That, like that's I, that, that's mine. "Don't Stop Don't, don't Stop I, Me Now" is is, is is definitely mine. Although "Hammer to Fall," "Hammer to Fall," oh, "Hammer to Fall," so good. Yeah, so good. I'd say those two. I can't get enough of that and break free break, break free, free. Well, break yeah. free. i worked a temp job once and i didn't have a, i had an audition after in the middle of the day and so i couldn't dress up so i had like a 60s outfit because i had to do with the audition and so i drew a mustache on my finger like this and i had a post-it that says freddie mercury and break free oh that's <laughs> awesome because that because that amazing video right the videos when they're all in drag I right kind of be like him in the woman's wear um, but there was somebody who actually came as Freddie Mercury that day and he, he beat me, but I was like, you know what? Who's better? Like who looks really more like Freddie Mercury? I think that's a deep Freddie Mercury cut to come as Freddie Mercury in the break. I want to break free video. That's amazing. I, that's I was just the Freddie break free and he was like the white tank top, uh, live aid. Break. Uh, right. That's an easy Freddie day. That's an easy, that's the easy Freddie yeah. way out. I'm yeah. sure Rami Malek. That's not what he showed up for in his audition. He was so, okay. Well, I, what did you think of the Bohemian Rhapsody? I love I love it. I, 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 I love that movie. And I think Rami Malik's, I mean, I'm, you're an actor. So I'm, this is my, me, the epitome of armchair, you know, cordback opinion. I think what I love about Rami Malik's performance, who I just saw in a movie last night in Little Things, which right. maybe we'll talk about later in the oh, Rex. Okay. Um, He's such an incredible, like his physic, 
physical acting, like the the way he moves his face and his arms and his muscles and his body to me was like, it was like watching an action movie. Now it was filmed by an action director, but it was, and everything Rami Malek did as Freddie Mercury in that movie felt like the intensity of some sort of amazing martial artist. And so that to me, like broke through all of the other stuff around that movie was, was that performance. Yeah, I, I totally second that. I saw the movie in theaters, I think four times. And I went to, cause oh, was, wow. I, it was around the SAG Awards. So a lot of these were free, but the first time I saw it was an IMAX, which was worth it. And then the second time I went to a sing-along version sponsored by SAG and they gave out purple glow sticks and the movie like stopped working halfway through. There was a problem with the reel. So someone started doing an AO chant. And I was like, this is the most Rocky horror that we could get to Bohemian Rhapsody. But then, so I saw Queen twice, 2019. I had two very kind friends that took me and had amazing- So movie. Adam Lambert and Queen. Yeah, it was Adam Lambert. I wish Freddie Mercury came back from the dead. Um, and right. It was a, like a holographic version of him, but uh, Rami Malek and uh, two of the cast members of Bohemian Rhapsody were there. And so all suddenly I, like, there was a blackout moment where they were like taking a five minute break. And they, they were just, uh, I forgot what number they were about to do. But then all suddenly I see people going up to like a dark stage and taking pictures at Madison Square Garden. I'm like, why are you all taking pictures of a black stage? And then I saw, oh my God, it's Rami Malek. Get out. It was so like, it was like Inception, like a dream within a dream within a dream. And I'm like, oh my God, you're here and Queen's here. And oh my God. Um, it was amazing. Did, did he do a song? No, he just was there watching. Just hanging out. That's... Then, um, and like that's awesome one of the other cast members or and lucy who uh played his girlfriend in the movie she was also there and just watching them they left like that's his girlfriend in real life yes i don't know if they yeah. were still together so i didn't want to spread frost lily lily will spread all the rumors here I, you yeah. don't have to speak ill about your colleagues right. Right. but they were there for they left in the middle of the last song or second to last song i think so that way the crowds wouldn't swarm them but it was so and also it was the best concert. It was just like, like Brian Mays went all the way up to the top of the stadium, the top of their screen and had like rotating planets around him while he played like a nine minute guitar solo. That's awesome. That's wow. awesome. I love Queen. It's that's, so, that's so great. I'm cool. I'm glad we can bond around that. Okay. Let's talk about you, the actor, yes. right? You have been in Parks and Rec. You've been in Law and Order SVU. Um, we, I would say we've seen a few SVU episodes and you've been in a bunch of other things, right? But, but those yes, are two that yes. I think many people who listen to this will know. Um, but on top of that, your, um, your, your moment in Parks and Rec that stands out is, is meta on many levels for us, A, because we're huge Parks and Rec fans, B, um, my sisters often mock me and call me the Ben Wyatt of this podcast. And and of our life, not just the podcast. And you, you have a scene with him, but on top of that, it's this whole like Washington political scene where you play an intern, Talia the intern. I think it's Talia, right? It's wow, you got the name and everything. I love because I love when they, I love when they have like they get like there's a nice Jewish character. Like I had, like I remember it. <laughs> like, um, and so you play Tali intern, and and yeah. that scene is or like staffer. I like were, I really I was supposed to be like a like a coworker of his. Oh, okay, got it. Because you're talking there's the, well there's a press scene like you're saying we need a quote for the Times or for the Wall Street Journal or something like that. Like that's what's going on there, which is like what my actual day job life is like. Is the oh, person wow. who goes and says 
uh, we need a quote for so-and-so. Can you come and do this? Or can you go to this? Do you block? interrupt the couples as they're about to, like, Oh, I mean, I, I don't. John McCain comes in right after you, Lee. That's normally your job. Right? More than, more than, oh, yeah, absolutely. The more famous people come in right after. I, in, the, I in the coat closet. Okay. Yeah, exactly. My, my, my job is interrupting people's lives to say, can you please go do this meeting? So, so okay. anyways. Okay. Anyways, so that scene means a lot to us on many levels. I know. Uh, um, but uh, big picture, you as an actor, what do you love to do the most as an actor? Like what, what is most exciting for you and fun for you as an actor? Okay, so I actually had just had an audition and I won't say what it is or what, what it was about, but they gave you so much free will to do whatever you kind of wanted with the character like normally sometimes you get really set in stone and stone instructions like hey this person's like this so you feel kind of like you're in a box like i can't i can't really do much i can only show you one take and i tried i like to do two takes if it's a small enough scene but they were literally like improvised this this audition and it just was so much fun and i actually enjoyed doing the audition because as actors we get so focused on the work and booking the job and not and wanting them to like us that to actually mm. be able to make this character and be like this is me and this is that character I was like as much as I want this job I just had so much fun doing it and I wish that as actors we got to feel like we had that enjoyment and I feel like a lot of us should be bringing that much enjoyment to our work but we're it's more thinking about I want this job got it and, and, and do you have an improvising you have an improv background I do. I've been doing improv. So actually Parks and Rec was the first time I ever actually did like improv professionally. It was with Amy Poehler. Um, That's but amazing. I, yeah. I've been doing improv. Just, and, just a little actress name. Just a little actor. Hey, actor. Uh, I Amy Poehler. I went on a date with someone to UCB before I got into it, like improv like consistently. And I was like, oh, you're training. He was like level two at UCB, which is impressive enough. And he took me to see it hit like a show of his at UCB and it was actually one of the bigger house teams. And I turned to him at one point, I was like, so it's really funny. I don't do improv and I worked with Amy Poehler and you go to UCB and you haven't worked with her yet. Uh, <laughs> How'd that day work out? <laughs> he was feeling it. I wasn't feeling it as much. Very nice. Um, but then eventually. Yeah, because he's like, I want to meet Amy Poehler. Yeah. And then eventually I did go, uh, I started training at the Magna Theater and like short form and long form. And I did it for since 2014. So I've been doing it consistently, even on Zoom. Um, I do it a lot. And I also did solo improv for a while too. Oh, wow. Like, so you just come oh, that's, and you. That's brave. Solo I mean, all flow. of it is brave, but I feel like, wow. Yeah. That's. That's impressive. Like yeah. If it's all impressive, I feel like that takes it up a notch. Now, I know you have a solo show where you talk about how you are often mistaken for singer Sarah Bareilles. Is that your improv show also? That's just the name. Cause I, when my hair, now my hair is getting a little longer, but I would always be confused for her. Like, like a record producer thought I was her like in New York. Like my friends would go up to parties and look at her and be like Jenny and her sister's name is Jenny. So she would probably think they got her confused with her sister and they would be like, Oh, sorry. You're like, you're not her, but I was that Jenny. And so I thought I need to make a name as a joke. So I would go in the audience. And say, hey guys. So my name is, I am not Sarah Bareilles. And the audience will take a second and be like, oh, ha, 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 ha. That's funny. Um, and then I get a suggestion. It had nothing to do with Sarah Bareilles. It more so had to do with, that was just the name of the running joke that I used. 
Ah, that's yeah. good. That's a good, you know, sometimes when we look, when we're watching, well, Lily also mixes up actors all the time. Like, like in that's fact, the weird. earliest, in the earliest episodes of this podcast, we did a whole episode talking about one actor and then we, in a movie, and then we- No, that was Becky. That was Becky that time. Oh, that was Becky? The no, God, and I did it Becky. too. Okay, fine. Becky she and I both do it. Yeah, she confused. Now I don't remember either one of their names. two bald guys. Anyways, the two point bald is, guys, is yeah. that- Whatever. Sometimes we'll refer to but someone I also as do the not so-and-so, and then they transition to then being the actual, their actual person, right? Like, at first, Josh Lucas, to me, is the not Matthew McConaughey. But now he's Josh Lucas, yeah, Josh right? Lucas. So one day there will be a not Jenny Ann Hochberg somewhere. There probably is already. Probably is. Now, you're for real. Wait, addition- do you sing also? I do, but I don't say I do it professionally. I've been trained since I was 16 to do it, but I just, because wow. I, I compare to most of my, like Broadway performers I know, like uh, really quickly with the Sarah Bareilles thing, just to give some context, my improv show would, would normally be like, I would always play like a 16 year old boy or girl trying to like make moves on my crush and would always end up making out with myself. So I would do this thing and then I would turn and switch sides. So improv, so improv, at least for me, is I would often switch characters when the time came right. So it would be like a three or four person character characters in a show but I would just be switching parts of the stage or sitting in different seats and just have a conversation with myself um that's a lot to keep track of that's awesome yeah I was gonna say you're kind of trying are you trying to make it sound like that it's not a big deal because it sounds like I, I would just switch characters like it's not like I, I bought you I'll be did like, a complicated one woman show I feel like the mom would be like I bought you some cookies and some milk for you and your girlfriend I'd be like mom like leave me alone oh, that's it and then the girl would be like, it's okay, I like cookies, and I like milk. So wait, what was your question, Shai? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, my, my question was, uh, well, my question was, so you, not only are you an actor, and you've been on one of our favorite shows, but you coach people, right? Like, you are, you are, you train people on a regular basis to go and prep, and, and specifically, I'd love to know is, because you were talking about this head game of, like, just going and acting versus trying to get the job. What's the advice you find yourself giving most of people as they prep for this job where they're like being evaluated as a person, you know, in this very like yeah. specific critical way? Um, so I do audition technique. I call it audition technique because audition technique and this got brought up. I was a reader today for some casting people and this got brought up where this, this casting person had some really great information where they were like, auditioning you shouldn't view it as separate than the job because a lot of actors will come and they work and they'll be like you can tell they're auditioning you can tell they're in front of a blue screen you can like I have this is real it's not fake so everybody knows um and you could tell it's an actor auditioning versus this is an actor where you just take the job and you just put it in front of a blue screen so you paint a world around you so it no longer looks like an actor who's auditioning and this casting person made a really good point today by bringing that up because actors often view it as this is an audition. And I say audition technique because it's, it's a specific form of acting where you take what you're going to do on set. You take like the, like, it looks like it's real life. Like you're a person living in a situation. You're going through things. It's not acting, it's behaving. It's just thinking and then letting those thoughts affect how you say those lines but this specifically, you have to also, with audition technique, is paint the world. Like, you, there's certain eye lines you have to use. There's certain body positions you have to use that you wouldn't, like, on set, I would be turning through the side of me, talking to someone in a car next to me. 
but on an audition, I would place them, I would turn my chair a little bit crooked and I would look at them off camera a little bit more. So I train actors, so I, all, I teach and I coach actors with auditioning and the main thing I, I hear a lot is, well, I want you to teach me how to book the job. I wanna know how to stand out. And honestly, the best way I always tell them to stand out is just be connected from the moment you start and just make sure you're just connected throughout the whole thing. And that's the best way you can stand out. And to book the job, the other thing is we have no control over getting these jobs. Unless you're the showrunner or producer, even then you still have to go through the network. There's so many layers. We have no control. And that's where it went back to that audition of you actually get to enjoy, like enjoy this moment. We all want the job, but in this moment, I get to act in this part of mine until I have to send the self-tape off and then it's no longer my role. That's the main thing I teach. And then also teach them about eyelines and techniques. And then I also help uh, actors get representation if they're looking for, I can help not, uh, I can't always set up the meetings, but I can help them set up a good cover letter, set up their materials, help them find the right people. Because um, I switched my whole entire team last summer and I found what worked for me. So I try to help other people with that too. So That sounds like, like very generous on your part. Like, because I feel like it's, I mean, I don't know. It's, I would imagine it's extremely daunting world and daunting career path. And maybe not everyone's so interested in helping everyone in that kind of scenario. And so to be generous with your experience and your time and in that way, um, even if I'm not saying like you're doing it for free, but I'm just saying like, even just choosing that as something to do with your time, um, because something like that you do because you want to, not just because you could get paid to do it. And I think that that's, you know, pretty, like a pretty nice message to send out there that like, if we help each other out, you know, you're just kind of fermenting that environment of, of kind of having each other's back and guiding people through like what I imagine are very rough waters in the entertainment industry. Especially if it's been like a, a few years that you've worked, it can be really hard when you're like, Oh my God, what am I doing wrong? And you have to, it's like having to remind yourself, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Okay. I'm making the right connections. I mean, like I've been in that place and even my most, I've had a couple talks this week with some really like people who you would think would be working all the time with these amazing resumes, with these amazing representation. And they're having months of being like, okay, like what's happening? Like they're, they're having right. issues with their reps and it's, it's, the work never stops is what I've learned. And I'll say to them, wow, with your resume, you think like things would be different. But then I remember it doesn't matter how impressive someone's resume is. Like I've been working just as hard as other people have sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. And the resume, I don't think should matter. I, Cause we, again, we can't control when we book work. And I, I remember after I booked Parks and Rec and I, I Googled like, how do you set up a cover letter? How do you reach out to reps? I had to do all that Googling with very few people helping me. I didn't have a clubhouse, which Shy and I use a lot. I didn't have <laughs> the resources that I have. And and Clubhouse, always, I always say when I'm hosting acting rooms, hey, guys, whenever I give information, I don't mind helping you. I do have like a business coaching thing outside of it. So I'll give you free information here. But when you reach out, it's more of a coaching session thing. So I always let them know that. Um, I, I wish I had someone like me when I was first. Right. Because there's so many traps or things to mess up in if you don't know the way around the business. Well, that's okay. So that that. That is so awesome that you're doing that. And I feel like in this era of Clubhouse, you're probably speaking to people all over the country in a way that you probably never would have before. Now, what people don't also know 
is that it seems like you also have spent some time in space. Um, <laughs> and that's because you are the I, face. I of, definitely wanted to ask you about this. So. You are the face of brought the this up. central core novels. So when when like when people buy an, uh, a novel from this series called Central Core, for example, The Cold Between, Remnants of Trust, or Breach of Containment, yeah. there is a badass woman on the cover that is one of the characters, and that is you. That's me. It's just really funny. I didn't know those people were real people. That's I knew Fabio was real. That, uh, Fabio is real. No, they are real people. By the way, the fact that he made a career on book covers now that I've done a few is really impressive to me. Um, that's how many have you done? Like, how many are there in the... I've done, the I did that you, how many? Oh, sorry? I did three book covers. It was an entire... Three, season. yeah. I was like a space right. captain. Um, and that stuff... Like, it's it, amazing. It looks like a movie like, poster is what I hear the most. It, I was going to ask you, do you have them, like, framed in your house? Like, it, they're pretty amazing. Um, I mean, I might, I might do it because I love them. Please frame them for me. I would be so. <laughs> they're they're very cool. That's the one thing I hear the most is from people. Oh, I didn't know those were real people when I started doing them. I was like, yeah, I, I didn't know either. And also, <laughs> one of the poses I had to hold, which is the second book cover, I was like lying on my side. The, the photographer I shot with the same photographer every single time, and he was fantastic and he was so nice. But like, there was a certain position I had to lie in to get like shooting in space um, just right. And I had to like, there's a stool that they used. I had to use one butt cheek and one hip the entire time. And let me tell you what a great butt workout I got doing that. Cause like you have to, you can't hold anything else cause the hands are up in the air holding the fake gun and the legs are shooting out and to hold that position for like an hour with the face having to do the work too. It was a workout. Oh, wow. And, and are you, what I, I'm curious, are you, when you're posing, are you with your counterpart on the cover no, or not? It was COVID safe even before COVID. Right. Okay. Because, I mean, I, I thought maybe you, you were standing adjacent and, to these people. Like and, the way that, and, uh, and on the cover of The Cold Between, is that Mac from Parks? Uh, from it's it looks Sunny? like him. It looks, it looks like, like Mac from Always it looks Sunny, like, but It looks like Rob Mac. No, I wish. No, no. But the third girl was on the third book cover and the girl who's with me, I actually knew her. And I didn't know she was doing it with me until the book came out. Huh, that's so cool. <laughs> That is hilarious. What, wait, what's the name of your character? So when you do your Comic-Con appearances, people. I think it was Elena. Okay. I think it wasn't Elaine. It wasn't like Seinfeld. It was Elena is what I I, I, I I love the author's name. I know. It's just a great name, right? Elizabeth Bonesteel. Yeah. Like, that is quite that, the name. That is amazing. And I just have to say, in the cold between, which Probably Remnants of Trust. I've really gone deep with these, okay? Remnants of Trust, I think, is my favorite cover. I love the way, like, the guy that you're posing with, it, the way he's positioned, and, and it, you look like you're losing like, deep in action there. But in the cold between, I'm really loving your hair. Like, oh, yeah. I just love your look. Like, I, I assume when this is made into a movie, they're casting you, obviously, as the main character. I'm off to the casting God's ears is what I hope happens. <laughs> I'll take a Hunger Games role. I'll take it. That's awesome. Yeah. So we, uh, so Jenny and I host a weekly 
conversation about the 90s on Clubhouse Mondays at noonish EST uh, Eastern yeah. time. Yeah, because we're East Coast, which is that we're also, I feel like we're some of the few East Coast people on Clubhouse. So many LA people, and also when you said across the country, I was like across the world on Clubhouse. Oh yeah, and uh, because we talk about the '90s, and that's one of our favorite family subjects, we're gonna now dive into the '90s. Yes, the three of us. Yes, I'm ready. Oh, can I say why I love the '90s? Yeah, why do yes, you please. love the 90s? Because we okay. were teenagers in the 90s. We're okay. a little older than you. And I feel like we tend to mostly talk about the 80s. So when I asked my husband the questions that Shai's asked for today, that he has written down, I was like, I ran them through my husband. He's like, so what can I answer for the 80s? And I was like, no, we like we gotta talk, we always talk about the 80s. The we 90s do. are really, if you think about it, what we lived. We do a few so. Who lo- grew up in the 80s, especially lately in our 90s room? I love the 90s because that was also my childhood. I won't say what year of the 90s I was born, but it was my childhood. And I just, I miss the nostalgia of it. Like the simple things of just you would watch TJ off on Friday nights or you VHS taped them. You didn't have like a million of streaming options. It was just simple, although I love streaming platforms. It was just, I don't know, the simplicity of I'm going to go outside and play with my friends and then I'm going to come in and I'm going to watch it. Wait. Sorry, I'm just having like a weird realization. Are the 90s to Jenny with the 80s are to us? Yes. What? Yeah. Wait. Wait, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <Just realized. laughs> I'm a baby. Yeah, I mean, did you oh, not but the know 90s are, but I, I don't know how old Jenny is. She, well, she's, we all have in, she's in the Elizabeth Bonesteel series. She looks eternal. She's a space goddess. I don't know <laughs> how old she is. But we, but the nineties are also nostalgic for us because we grew up in the in the end of the eighties. So we get a we get a bridge both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, yeah. I feel like we we had okay. it's also like later, it's it's like us with our older cousins, right? We all have deep affection for the eighties. We just had a slightly different experience right. in the eighties and nineties. Also, I was gonna ask right. you ask this in our nineties room, but I always want to be like because I feel like certain kids in the nineties, they always wore the same type of clothing all the time. It was their style. I don't know why. I always wore leggings. I called them stretch pants when I was a kid. Oh. I hated jeans until I was a I still wear leggings. I was not a <laughs> I hated the way they felt in my body. So I my friends knew me as the girl that wore stretch pants every day to school. I um I can't even my nineties, Lily, you were around for my nineties. I mean, there's nothing good about my nineties. There's a lot of flannel. Just, a lot of flannel that made noise when you walked places. Oh no, no, no. Shy I was like Shy looked like he was in REM, like or something. He was like grunt, more of a grunge look, alternative. I, yeah, I, look. I wore I wore corduroys, but I was also like always two or three years behind whatever the fashion was. And I would and, say you wore jeans and a flannel shirt for fifteen years. Yeah, my, my mom once Solid. went as me for mom once went as me for Purim, and like wore jeans and a flannel shirt. And yeah. walked around with my exactly. drumsticks all around the sleeve. Like, like just Levi's 501, the most generic. Like, I remember the number classic. 501 and 511 or whatever they were, like just the most generic, straight. Like I didn't even know what like boot cut was or skinny jeans or any of those skinny things. Jeans wasn't a thing. Was it a thing in the nineties? I feel Bo- like boot cut. No, not but not skinny. No, jeans. no, 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 no. definitely later. not skinny jeans. They were more bell bottomy. Like you wore, you wore. 
you wore bigger jeans that got ripped a lot at the bottom. Like that was my, and I wore. Right. You stepped on the bottom, on the back of You the stepped bottom. on the bottom. Yeah. And for boys, it was more like low hanging. Like you're, yeah. if you looked up your shirt, you'd see a bit of the underwear and that the bit of the butt. Stopped. That never stopped. No. Yeah. Oh, and sure. I have, I have, and I have, I had plaid converse, a lot of plaid. I had plaid converse. I plaid vans. See, that, Ooh, we, that's, that's, that's hip. Yeah, that's, that's quite cool. hip. I love vans. We weren't. I I own vans mm-hmm. now. At in my forties, late thirties and forties, I discovered vans and realized how awesome they were. But I I didn't own them. Yeah, we. Ugh, there's nothing good about my fashion. Like they're all <laughs> flannel shirts from Costco. They weren't even like cool thrift store flannel shirts. They were it's just like what my dad would have worn in the nineties. That's. It's accurate. Um, I also wore the velvet dresses. I feel like every girl in the '90s wore a velvet dress at one point. Lily, can you verify? Sure, with velvet dress. Or like I remember having. Yeah, I would. I remember had like a velvet like (laughs) bodysuit at one point, (laughs) or a velvet shirt, like 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 velvet. Yeah, or or velour even like. Okay, you know that velour. Anyways, this is good because I'm going to add this. So now. Your first question, and Jenny, Lily, Shy will all answer if we have time, but Jenny for sure. I'm going to add in fashion item to this. So you have to have a 90s survival items slash people. Like you need, like you're, you're, you're bringing these things out of the decade for the rest of your life or in the apocalypse or to time travel, maybe perhaps to be a space captain, whatever. Who knows? Who knows? One CD, one movie, one TV show, one fictional character, one real life celebrity, and now one fashion item. And you can like run through them quickly or you can pick one and just expand on that and not enter the other ones. Um, I walk around with these answers for almost every decade all the time in my head because that's the way I roll. Um, but would you would you have a place you wanted to start on that list? I will start because I see the list and I'm going to start in the order you've written to respect the organization of it. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'll take notes so that we have the notes. <laughs> All right. You ready for my CD choice? Yes, this is big. Okay. This was probably the first CD I ever owned and it was, yeah, probably. It's going to be Britney Spears' Sydney Baby one more time. This like the scene, <laughs> that, would, that would be my go-to. I had the VHS documentary of her like in the pink crop top and the jean shorts where it showed hit like making hit me baby one more time. And sometimes like I, I had that for so many years and I watched it probably every Saturday. Awesome. All right. We had, we had a documentary about Paula Abdul. Do you remember that Lily? We had her like video um, collection. Do slash, I remember? Are you kidding? The, the straight up video. We watched that a lot. Uh, incessantly. A lot. All right. She's amazing. Your your movie. Very good. Me. Oh. Oh. So okay. Um. I'm. Oh, we're not going around. Oh, yeah. Let's go around. Fine. We'll go around. Well, I'm. I'm, You know. Hey, we're with an improviser here. I'll. um, We'll go around. All right, Lily. Now I just got nervous that this might not. I think this is the '90s, but it must be. But my album, my CD, would be uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness. That really. Yes, definitely '90s. Definitely, yeah, right. It's the nineties, um, and yeah, and, yeah, yeah okay, for sure. So it was like their I, their follow. It was their, I mean, their, their, yeah, and, and for me, that was like at the height of my like obsession. And um, I remember I honestly our neighbor, didn't even know you liked that band. 
Oh my God. <laughs> our neighbor, our neighbor. Way, you're probably way cooler than me in the nineties is what I'm gathering. Uh, apparently like, I was older. Yes. Significantly older than you. But so our neighbors, we grew up in Quebec, right? And our neighbor in Montreal and our, our neighbor, Julien Lucier, who's French, um, made me a tape, like a double-sided tape of melancholy and infinite sadness. And like, he was our neighbor. He, I remember he gave it to me and I played it and it blew my mind. And I, um, our, we could, his bedroom and my bedroom, we were, were across, had a driveway. And so like, I remember listening to it and him like being across the, the driveway in the window being like, so, <laughs> and I remember being like, amazing. And, and then John Cusack you like from the eighties and held the stereo outside. I hear the stereo. Exactly. I made a lot of, I made a lot of mixes for people of all relationships. Many of them, women I had crushes on. And, and, and then i got the double CD. I want, did you get that for me? I don't remember, but I must've bought it. I don't know. I had the CD after the, had the tape. Um, and the, the, the CD, like, and I, I listened to it and used it so much that like, at one point I left it somewhere where it got a bit melty, like the plastic on the CD case, like melted a little bit. And, um, and okay. And so wait, I'm going to say that, or, cause I always break the rules or, and this is for Becky, Becky will know, like we listened to the shit out of this, out of all of her CDs, which is crazy is, um, Lisa Loeb who oh, we were and like the, the extreme from smashing pumpkins to Lisa Loeb. I am aware of that um, spectrum of music listening, but oh my God, did we love all of her albums and her, and that is quintessential nineties. You watch so that's for Becky. She was in later on, like in the early two thousands that she did. On- no, I didn't even know that. Yeah. It was like one, one, thing, but that's how one I- season. That and I love the 90s on VH1 is how I kind of found out how she was because I think she was before my time a little bit. So oh, she had... I think I was still listening to Barney when she was doing... Very Reality Bites era. Right, because her reality. song was on the... Like, her song was the on the soundtrack for Reality Bites. Yeah. And so that, you know, how is how we were introduced to her and then was were obsessed with all music. Which, which by the way, I'm amazed that. you... Watch, like, think about the movies my kids watch and don't watch. You were probably nine or ten when you watched Reality Bites. Because you no, saw it before I I would have been a... I was a bit older, that, no? That movie's, what, 94? You weren't that much older. Anyways. All right. I remember, I think it was 94 because it was right after Winona Ryder and Johnny Depp broke up because I I love, I love Johnny Depp. So I also got into Winona Ryder's work and I watched Reality Bites then in high school. I remember. So maybe, maybe I caught it. It might be 94, I think. It is 94. So it's pretty close to when you were 10. I'm, I'm, I gotta go. I was 12. 12. For for me, I have to go with a foundational album of just my whole life even though there's so many it could be and it's rem's automatic for the people REM. like rem rem to me absolutely for the 90s but also life is really my most important band but in the 90s when i was coming of age automatic for the people that was the first one of their albums i owned that that's a real life-changing album so that always has to be in my do you see the do you remember the full house episode when joey the smash club supposed to have the opening and joey was like i got rem and it's three older women in blue like shirts and they're all they're triplets they're like in their 60s (laughs) no but that's amazing and i need to all the people in the club were like ew i don't want that and then later on they're like yeah they're good they're good 
That's amazing. No, my 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 REM pop culture references from that time was, of course, in the 9021 episode, 90210 episode where, where they play Losing My Religion when I think Dylan and Brenda break up. And in an episode of Saved by the Bell, the college years, Zach goes through this whole thing of trying to get tickets to REM for him and the two different girls he's playing off of each other. And then they take the tickets and they go without him. I remember that. I remember that. That was so that was peak popular REM. Okay. One movie to bring with you in your 90s survival kit. Okay, I have three. Can I get three? I mean, you can do whatever you want. You're the guest. You're, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Lily's going to break the rules. I break the rules all I the time. The rules, that's why I'm breaking the rules. I'm going to say Reality Bites. I have four, actually. Reality Bites, Empire Records, uh, Drive Me Crazy with Melissa Joan Hart, and Titanic. I don't know if I, it's a little sad for me to watch now, but as a child, I was at every sleepover because Leo... I had a poster of Titanic in my basement. Titanic was our main sleepover movie. Becky saw it four times in the theaters as a teenager. So Becky was a huge fan of Titanic. I don't know if she feels that way now, though, but back then, I would say it was a big deal. So my music teacher in elementary was like, okay, guys, Jenny, you're going to pick the song this week. We can either do my uh, some of my favorite things from Sound of Music, or we could do My Heart Will Go from Titanic. And I go, because I love Sound of Music. I was a little, I, I don't know, maybe dorky in elementary school. I was like, we're going to do Sound of Music, some of my favorite things. And the reaction in the class I got was, why, why would you do that? Oh. <laughs> I was kind of picked on, so I was like, sorry. But then, like the next week, someone else chose that song, and everyone actually enjoyed it. So I wasn't completely hated the entire music class. <laughs> That's, that, never that, that, never that you know, it stay true to yourself. <laughs> have a m- music, have the song sung by the little blonde children. <laughs> that, that's fine. Lily, one movie. Um, I'm gonna actually Clueless. pick one. Oh, okay, all right, you're just going Clueless. To... Okay, yeah, and that's. I mean, I have so many. I mean, Clueless, Empire Records would have been another one. Tommy Boy would be another one. Like, there's just so, so, so many. I mean, Reality Bites also. Um, I really love Gattaca. It's like one of my favorite movies. You could see one person from Empire Records. Who would it be? <sighs> this is the clubhouse person of me coming out. <laughs> but that's a good question. We should ask that question. Because so. I know who I would choose. But you have, you have multiple options. You have, you know, Empire Records owner. You have the guy Liv Tyler ends up with. You have the one who's just like, I just want to, like, I miss the days of vinyl. I mean, I what's his, the one, what's his name? What's with today today? Because that's probably one of the lines I say most in my life. Um, what about and, the guy? Doesn't Ethan Embry yeah, play a guy who gets, like, eaten by Guar? Ethan, Ethan Embry, yeah, he's the in the rock band that went like he's like right, isn't he? No, that's, no, that's no. something. I'm blanking on the name, but um, one of their friends. Yeah, right. I'm. Let me, let me, I'll bring it guy, up. But... I think he gets stoned in the middle of the movie or something, and oh, and he has he like Squar, the band is eating right. him. Yes, right, right. I, I, that's I, what it is. I think he's one of the more lovable characters in that movie, and it's Ethan Embry. I or you like... could go with Warren if Warren was over eighteen. Warren would be. <laughs> um but i mean and probably i, I you know uh, what's her name um renee zellweger's character in mm. the end i actually think is pretty great at the time i probably found her annoying but uh, now looking back i think she actually is a pretty great well, character rex manning we can't forget because it's rex manning rex day. manning day 
Um, but yeah, I think in the end I would go with like, is it Lucas who plays, who loses all the money? Rory Cochran is the actor money who goes and loses all the money at the casino. And like, it's his fault. You know, he was the, I guess the catalyst for the whole thing. He's, I, I love him. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. But in the end, in the end, I think it'll always be clueless. I think that movie okay. is my go-to 90s movie. For, like the best movie ever. I know someone me, in the movie and he still gets recognized till this day. That's who? I, I know the driving instructor uh, who plays. Oh, yeah. movie, and he's very sweet and he still gets recognized. I recognized him from Clueless and he, he's really nice about it though. That's, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. We, we we i have some, anyways uh, mine is that thing you do that movie is perfect Especially and as a guy who was in a band in the 90s uh that the, everything about that movie is awesome the drummer is the main character i'm a drummer um the era i love the era the music by adam schlesinger rest in peace who is just a genius and now i'm i'm watching crazy ex-girlfriend which he was one of the main composers on oh, I didn't know that. and and the music on that show, the lyrics, I don't know who's writing the lyrics, whether it's him and or Rachel Bloom, but just that that guy's contribution to music is insane, particularly film and music. And that thing you do, just I can quote the whole movie that I mean, everything about that movie is amazing. And Tom Hanks. Oh. I knew that Adam, I knew the guy worked on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I didn't know he did that thing you do. Though. That thing. Yeah. You do. yeah, he wrote that thing you do. And he's the guy from Fountains of Wayne. And he unfortunately passed away from COVID. So at 51, oh it's really yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, uh, but just that, that, but I'm sorry, I made it about that. Cause really what that movie is about for me is just the, the, the scene when they hear their song on the radio for the first time is. And they is, the appliance store. Yeah. And they are running and they're celebrating together. They're turning on the radios, turning up all the radios. Yeah. And that that feeling is what you feel like when you're in a band and whatever moment you have. Like, Lily, you remember when we played the Jailhouse Rock Cafe in like 1990 something? Uh, I'll never forget. First bar performance, which God knows how that's like paid. I, yeah. In the end, I think you owed them money, but no, it was a paying a, gig. No, no, we, we got paid and we got so excited. We took our winnings and we went and we were, weren't, I don't know, we were, most of us weren't old Six, enough to drink. And no, you were like 16. I, I was probably old enough to drink, but not everybody else. And we went to Buffalo Bills. Because drinking age in Montreal is 18. Just yeah. to, okay. We went to Buffalo Bills on Queen Mary and Spend bought it ourselves dinner. And we had like a dollar left. <laughs> And it was after that, we've never spent the money from our shows ever again. We always pulled our money after that. But the point is that thing you do captures that spirit so perfectly. The, and the, the song, fact that the, the band- so good. Yeah. And the band breaks up, which is just such a great part of the story. It's such a, it's such an important part of the story. And they also blow up in like the fastest way possible. And also, do you know the story about like the drummer and how he was cast and how Tom Hanks, like the involvement with all that? All I know is I remember interviews at the time and Tom Hanks, like kind of anointing him as like, this guy reminds me of me. Like that was the vibe you got from Tom Hanks, which is always bummed because I feel like Tom Everett Scott after that movie, he's, he's been so, in lots of stuff, so cute. But, but he never became the Tom Hanks that he should have been. Right. I think so. I'll, I'll I'll vote and say I think he's had a good career, but like apparently oh, Tom a good career for sure. I'm yeah. just saying that like from that thing you do on, I feel like he should be 
doing Tom Hanks stuff, you know. But I all feel that way about Colin Hanks also, who I like is one of my favorite actors. He's also, also. in the movie too. Colin Hanks is in the movie also. Uh, I didn't know that. He walks, um, I forget who he walks in, but he walks, I think, like Liv Tyler into like, it's towards the end of the movie, but you see him sit her down. Uh, uh, he walks her, but like there's a whole thing where Tom Hanks almost didn't cast him. Uh, oh, wow. Not because he looked too similar to him. And like when they were, oh. I think, uh, celebrating Tom Hanks in Hollywood, some televised award ceremony came in and made a speech as a joke and being like, so I actually want to thank the person who really started my career. And he thanked Rita because <laughs> the one that was like, you should go, you should, you should bring him in. And he was like, because Tom Hanks almost didn't want to cast me. It was really funny. I mean, like, and then he made a great choice. And I love watching them rehearse behind the scenes like how they started practicing as a band like there was a whole like behind the scenes of them practicing the song that thing you do oh and wow i i really have i i saw it in the theater twice but i i don't think i've done Google the, it. i will I'll, I'll watch everything about that movie and the album's amazing and all the okay. okay all right one tv show full series so so in a sense you have to keep with you even if it's like a show that has like some lame seasons you got to keep those that's part of it um, uh, I feel like you could guess, both of you could guess mine at this point. Um, oh, I could guess yours. Yeah, go Can for I it. guess yours first? Yeah. Perfect Strangers. I don't know if I could. It's not, I love Perfect Strangers. I'm like, I don't know if that's, I could guess I feel like yours. that's yours. Mine, no, is, new, yeah, mine is news, it. mine is news radio. You know how oh, much right. I'm talking oh, about. Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah, me, news radio. Show. When I when I had a, I had a breakup in 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 the two thousands, and it, when my best friend and I we lived together in college, the only th we didn't have cable, and the only thing we had was a VHS of like back to back taped episodes of news radio, and that was the only thing we could watch. And I just laid on the couch and watched news radio for months. It was important to me. But Jenny, your That's, show. It is important. My answer is because I, I really was just thinking about this. Like the shows I like then, I feel different about now, or maybe some shows are were too, were too scary for me now versus I used to love them then, um, or more shows I found more fascinating. So I'm going to go back to my 90s child self and pretend like, oh my God, this show's on the air. This is the show I wish I could VHS every day. And I'm going to have to say just the TJF programming in general. So I'm going to say Boy Meets World, Full House, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If I was back in the '90s, I would say those would be my four. Those are those are great, and I've committed to you that I'm going to watch two shows. By the way, I have made I haven't made tradesies with Jenny Lily. I've just like said I'm going to watch a couple of shows, and one that's of very them, nice of you. I know that's a whole thing on the more show, than we ever usually. Get. Usually when you're trying to get someone to watch a show, the, you have to you, do a trade. To, like I'll watch one show if you watch yeah. the other show. But for Jenny, I already have committed to getting through Buffy, which I still never finished the first season, and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. So those, I'm on the record on both of those. Um, I, yeah, I'll say Buffy, and because I had all the seasons, and I loved it, and I know it wasn't on TJF, but those, and now I would, now my go-to is Perfect Strangers from the 90s. Well, that one's a go-to in our house, too. We're watching well, I, it. Oh, I know. Stuff. I'm still in season two. I live it every day, so I don't have to watch it, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching the, old, the episodes. <laughs> I will not go out of order with these episodes. I've been committed to it. Oh, that's that's great. I've been I admit I've been jumping around because I wanted to show the kids some of my favorites. So I watched the, 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 the game show the episode. Air balloon one. Did you do the air balloon one for them? The, the game show episode. Okay. It's in season four. I, I I loved it. It gave my kids a little bit of anxiety, but that's normal <laughs> reaction. Lily, what about you? One TV series. Friends. There's no Oh right. Yeah, that's yours for sure. There's no there's no other. There's no other. And shout out to Shelly, my cousin, because yeah. like 
that's our channel. I have one more. I mean, there, I, too. I might have problems with it now, or I might not love every single episode or like, it's not perfect by any means. Um, it definitely like jumps the shark several times. However, that being said, friends forever. Jenny, you, you had something to add. I'm going to add the nanny. I have not, we haven't talked about that. Oh, the nanny. I loved the nanny. We used that to watch was- that with mom, like religiously. I would, we would sit down and watch that show. That I also, uh, so last night my mom and I had a baklava cheesecake. It was amazing. Ooh. And I messaged, a, I have a group of friends going from Clubhouse. And so I messaged them being like, guys, I just had baklava cheesecake. And my mom couldn't remember where, where it was from. So they were like, help us, help us find this cheesecake. And my mom said, here's a solution. Just get baklava, put it on top of plain cheesecake. And there you go. And then I said, and then you turn into Fran Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fran Drescher. She's amazing. She's also. They were t- they, there was going to be like a, maybe a reboot. Was there not? They like talked about it, but then it was the just a rumor. It's not true. Cancer Schmancer is really good. I did a paper about her in college. She's a cancer survivor. Yeah, she has her, that's her whole organization. She did cancer walks all around the world. Yeah, um, ovarian cancer, she survived. Um, yeah, she's, 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 and she was in Weird Al's UHF. Yeah. Which Amazing. is one of my most, you know, that, that could have also, oh, uh, that's in the 80s. That's an 80s. That's, movie. 80s. that's 89 or 88, but. That that would that would, if that had squeezed into the '90s, that might have been the one I take with me. Okay, but it's meant to live in the eight. That show's meant to live. That movie's meant to live in the '80s. I mean, that's, that's, that's terrible. True. All right, a fictional character. Is there a fictional character that you would take with you from the '90s? This is no judgment on the actor. This is wow. like as if that non-real character is real. Who would it be? I have two for you. Okay. The teenage witch because all she did, which I always wanted to do, is just point your finger and you get whatever you wanted, as long as you followed the rules of the spell book. Um, and obviously Corey from Boy Meets World because he was my one of my crushes. Yeah. That's Corey, awesome. I mean, that was one of my that was one of the best shows ever. It was. It's still so. It good really. Today. Especially the like, the high school years and the college years, I loved. Especially. It's a great show. Yeah. Lil. Um, is it, I'm going to pick two. Okay. So Fresh Prince, I feel like would be so fun to hang out with. Oh, that's a good, um, that's really good. Yeah, I feel like, he, yeah. Um, Cause that was one of my other favorite 90 shows. Um, like Fresh Prince just to feel like he'd be so fun. Um, those are great. That's on Netflix. At least here it's on Netflix. Um, it's really fun to like watch every once in a while. And then this is so random, but I also would love to hang out with Marge Gunderson, who is Frances McDormand in Fargo. Oh, that's like she would be, yes. I feel like now she's like, well, back then she was like pregnant and like so badass and so funny. And I just would like just, you know, love to like trade recipes and like hear about her solving crimes. I just feel like she'd be super cool. That is awesomely weird. And I love it. Yeah. Sorry, like I I could go like there's so many good ones, but those two came to my mind. I wrote down what came to my mind. If I overthink overthink this list, I'd literally not be able to do this episode. That's completely fair. Okay. Mine goes back, gonna bring us back to Queen. And I'm gonna say Wayne and Garth, because I I essentially I have realized with my love of podcasting as I rewatched Wayne's World One and Two recently, I'm like, oh. I'm I'm basically trying to live out my dream of being Wayne and Garth as That's one. I thought person. when you said the plaid and the jeans, I was like, oh, you're like in Wayne's world. 
Yes, this is, and this really is like producing this show in particular feels like Wayne's World all the time. And it's an uphill battle. I just, I would, I would <laughs> want to be, like, that's what pod, podcasting is Wayne's World. That's what, and I, in some ways, that's what I feel like it should stay as. That's a whole other soapbox for me to get on about podcasting being like overrun by massive, you know, it's, it's, it's supposed to be public access. That's what makes it great. Um, I was going to say also, Lily, we could bring Freddie mm-hmm. Mercury as our one, well, no, celebrity. That could be later because he was, he, he passed away in the 90s, so that still counts. When it comes, not fictional character, but when that time comes to the celebrity question. All right, so let's, let's, we are a real life celebrity. Just, Who would you bring with you? Freddie, Freddie is fair game. Freddie, Freddie is amazing. Freddie, and then I was going to say, if this was 90s and Titanic had just finished, Leonardo DiCaprio would have been like my, and Britney Spears, they would have been my three people. My three celebrities. 90s child would be uh, Britney Spears and Leonardo DiCaprio, but Doll Jenny would be like Freddie Mercury, although the other two are fantastic people, I'm sure. I would choose Freddie. All right, Lil. Probably 90s Lily would be anybody from Friends, like Jennifer Aniston, like any, according to Cox, any of those actors, like I would have just, you know, been super happy with. But adult Lily wants, um, I would, I would love to hang out with Kevin Smith because even though I didn't name any of his movies, they're so important in the nineties. Um, I know oh, like clerks is the ultimate, that's but such a good one. I, but I like, I'm a sucker for mall rats. So I want to hang out with like, you know, and I know like the big James Allen Bob and clerks is the ultimate. And those are amazing movies, but you know, soft spot always, of course, uh, for the stark cross lovers of, of mall rats. And, um, pretzels in the like. <laughs> the scene that's, i prefer like not to think of because it's so gross yeah, that is but, iconic and gross. But those two that in the dressing room scene it's like no i'm good yeah but but kevin smith is a genius and he seems like a genuinely interesting cool guy as an adult and so if i could hang out with him now i think that would be amazing i I so ooh, as you're having this conversation, my list got growing. So I, I got to add Kevin Smith just because even though I don't partake in any of his recreational activities, I do. Don't like hockey? <laughs> I definitely don't like hockey. I don't like hockey. Definitely. I don't like hiking. The top of that list is hockey. <laughs> I, I, I don't like hockey. I don't like hiking. You're not a vegan. And I, and I don't do any and I don't do any drugs. I'm not a vegan. So but at the same time, Kevin Smith's whole like guy behind the counter talking about like comic book talking about comics and Star Wars and 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 the vulgarity that they introduced into it in Clerks for me, like like that that is the group of like that is what I would want, you know, as a buddy. He also seems like a nice dude. Um I would also take, and this one, this might be a little tearjerker, and this is a little bit of a tribute to our mom, and that is 90s Robin Williams is so... Oh, he was on, he was on my list. Yeah. I he was that. on my list. I was thinking yeah. I was thinking 90s Robin Williams. Exactly. That was on my list. And then I was like, but he's not alive. Sadly, may rest in peace. So I was like, I don't know if that counts. Right. I guess it Freddie did. We said Freddie Mercury. Right. So I put Kevin Smith, but that Robin Williams was my, on my list as number one. Doubtfire. Yeah. Doubtfire. Doubtfire. The genie. Patch Adams. 
Hatch Adams, Adams is definitely oh, not something that, that I the fifth element. Oh, and then and then last I want to say is Bruce Willis Fifth Element and like Bruce Willis kind of Pulp Fiction is before the Fifth Element, but Bruce Willis when he was still doing funny kind of smart Alec roles. Like, I, I don't know what Bruce Willis is like as a person. I have no idea if he's like a good guy. I know he owns half of Idaho, but I just thought that Bruce Willis, like Die Hard, The Fifth Element, like that sort of like smart alecky everyman cop with the dad bod. Moonlighting. Moonlighting, exactly. I just thought. The, nine, the whole nine yards. So cool. Oh, the whole nine yards. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, 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 he and Demi Moore have, are like they, the biggest landowners. That's where they raise their some kids. crazy thing like that. Yeah. Oh, they raise their kids there, and they have a house, a huge house there. Um, okay, one fashion item to bring with you from that era. Okay, I too, and I'm gonna say because I feel like every girl is in every movie or something in school, whatever. You had this like black, like sort some black dress or some black shirt that was like a bun down. It was like a velvet black shirt. And it was always velvet and had like red roses. You always had that sort of outfit in the 90s. I'm going to say that because that's the one I remember wearing as a kid with like a black button down velvet shirt with red roses. Uh, very stylish in the 90s. And I'm going to say the chokers, the tattoo chokers that I still have. I actually went to a, through a fad where I bought like seven or eight of them. And then I'm going to add, this can count as a fashion accessory, hit clips. Lily, what are those? I don't know what are those. They're like mini little. You get a mini version of a song, and it's like a little mini square, like a little mini CD thing, and you put it in the little player, and it plays like five seconds of a song. And you had different. I never heard of that. It was it was like a later '90s thing, but hit clips, and you could like make them attached to a keychain. So you had NSYNC's, um "It's Gonna Be Me," and you had like five seconds of it, and you could play Britney. And you had all these wow. play in there. Yeah, that is seems like whoever thought of that, that was those like are, sort of half an idea that became that, famous. That that's that's but that's something that kids in, growing up in the states had. Like that that didn't make it to Canada. Maybe that didn't make it to Canada. That's where the Canadian and us, I think, and maybe we were like mini CD ROM players. It was a whole, if you know, the whole thing it has like one little earpiece. You listen to it. That's awesome. Really I, funny. I guess I got to go flannel shirt or the slapstick because collecting slapsticks, I think I had one, but like that was a big deal. It was a big deal. Well. Like yeah. slapstick was a big deal. When the letters came home being like, you were not allowed to bring your slapsticks to school. Oh, yeah. because cool. Then like the fabric would rub, like would rub off and they would just like metal like shards that kids were slapping on each other's wrists. Yeah, we're going to give things to kids where they just hit people with them and they wrap around your arms. By the way, if there are any fans of the TV show Schooled, I still have our official Schooled slapsticks that we made. <laughs> you can oh, message that's me. awesome. Sorry that Schooled got canceled, but we did we do some fun merch. Wait, that's that amazing. Made. Or the skipper thing, you put around one ankle and then you jump up with one. The, the, hop, the skip. Hop. Oh, yeah. The, um, what is it called? The jump. Oh, my God, I had one. Yeah. I would jump in that thing on the driveway. And now that I think about it, that's really good cardio. I had a purple like one, but I always... I skip it. I skip it. Skip it. Skip it. I had a pink one. And a, pong, a pink of what? The stick? The pogo. pogo. And there was the pogo, pogo ball. There was the pogo ball. It was just like a yoga ball, like a small and, yoga ball and, with a disc around it. That yeah, you disc around it. I loved that. Yeah. I All owned right. that thing. Like... Now, good. now, Jenny, as tradition has it on our show, mm -hmm. you're going to play the signature game okay. of Friday Night Movie. Buy, rent, meh. 
you must assign well there's different buy rent man is the official rating scale of everything that we watch we just say is it a buy rent or a man somewhere in between rarely we we introduce the bleh for something really bad but in this case we're going to throw you three things and you are going to be forced to choose which one you buy which one you rent and which one you meh and now meh doesn't have to be negative per se it, you have to define your meh so you have some room to play with it with meh and 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 the point i make these hard on purpose so buy rent man this was the easiest list i've ever seen full Just house family matters perfect strangers. i don't i don't need to cheat on this list lily then you go first show off okay fine i will i wrote it down days ago so i'd be ready full house perfect strangers family matters list done full house is the greatest ever in that list like you can't it was so important in our household um i was really little when it started too so it was like the perfect age and like carried through um you know i probably i guess i'm around stephanie's age more or less and it was just perfection um i'm assuming i'm right and then um perfect strangers because um it's uh, it was hilarious and still is and i've basically created a life like that for myself where my son will be the perfect stranger to your children, Shai, when he shows up on their doorstep with his accent. He has quite a heavy accent. Oh, the dad's joy. <laughs> pretty much. And then family matters is great. I'm not manning it in any shape or form, but, it, you know, Urkel was quintessential in our house, but he does great on you. Like, it's, yeah, it's a lot. I, that's going to be not, my man. I don't I, think it, it could be a good, a, a big rewatch. Because I, I I agree. I, I I'm gonna say Full House. I don't know why Full House for my child. It was so big. And Mary Kay and Ashley. We didn't talk about them much, but they. I mean, honestly, that would probably been. I'm gonna take this back. They would have been the big celebrity. That and Britney Spears would have been the two big celebrities. I would have spent every day with as a child if I could. Full House, Perfect Strangers. I would 100% rent. I mean, I'm watching it almost every day now. Again, and which is still funny till this day. And Family Matters. Although I liked it, it was part of TGIF. It wasn't my go-to TJF show, though. Although it was good. Yeah, I, 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 that's my man because when that show stops being about the whole family and really just was like Urkel and Carl adventures, I couldn't like it was yeah. not fun anymore. Was, I actually loved annoying. the whole family. Perfect Strangers is going to be my buy right now because, like, I love Full House. You were a bit old for Full House, though. No, like I, I grew out of Full House. As, yeah, I grew out faster. of Full House sooner. And now that yeah. I'm rewatching Perfect Strangers, I'm um, I'm like super impressed with how well that show actually ages yeah, and how right? funny it is. And and how I'm now becoming mom because I'm saying things like, oh my God, they can't keep a straight face. Now I remember, now I understand what mom was saying because they are, you can see Marklin Baker and Bronson Pinchot like laughing throughout like every scene, like holding it in because I'm sure they were cracking each other up so much. Also the physical comedy there, I was watching an episode yesterday where a kid might have stole Larry's bike who lived in their building and the way Balfi uh, turns him upside down and holds him and he makes it look so effortless. And I'm like, the trust that they must have had together. I don't know what their working relationship was like, but the physical comedy that you don't appreciate till you're older. And also, I just remember one of the beginning episodes of Balfi's like, you better listen up, Ghostbuster. Yeah. Laughs so hard. Or Marianne. I love Marianne. She's so, she's just perfection on the show. Marianne, oh, I love Marianne on Perfect Strangers. All right. Teen pop stars. By Renter, Brittany, Christina, Mandy Moore. Okay, I'm gonna say, wait, well, how do we attribute Byron and Matt 
because we're not buying them as people, right? Are we just saying which? No, yeah, but oh, if oh, you, sorry. No, but so the premise of it is like we we think about well, movies in the eighties, and if you loved a movie, you would buy it, like you'd buy the VHS. That was a big deal, like yeah. that threshold. Or nowadays, you'd buy it on iTunes or, or a DVD. In nineties, you'd you, in the nineties, you would have bought it on the DVD or in the two thousands. Two thousands. So VHS, yeah. Rent is. I like it enough to rent it so i'm gonna put some money down or maybe stream it would be by today's standards and then meh is like eh, it could be meh i don't care meh it was wasn't good meh you wouldn't spend fine, money on but it i don't have meaning it, right. it doesn't have meaning to me you might not necessarily spend money to like listen for, so or for consume me it. the teen pop stars i buy mandy moore because long term i love like the overall arc of mandy moore even oh, though i, I don't so care much. for her music yeah and i love that she probably like looked at that scene and was like all right this is a very crowded field i'm gonna be a host and an actor she, she's playing the long game yeah which is what i really she appreciate about her and she's amazing as rapunzel she is. I'm going to say, okay, if we're going to do the 90s version, then I'll do adult Jenny version. 90s version, it would have been Britney first, hands down. I had so many posters of her in my basement. Uh, I saw her twice in concert. I'm going to say, and uh, I'm a slave freak. Wow. Here. So the, like, the, I, she's saying, I'm not, a, not yet a woman, like that era of Britney. I saw wow. her on the circus tour. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure she sang during that show, but it was a fun show. Yeah, I was gonna Becky, say I think Becky saw her in Vegas, I want to say, right? Maybe? I think Becky maybe did Becky see her? I know Becky saw her. I don't know actually which door I'll have to ask, but she loved it. But again, I it was later Brittany. I'm not sure, like Shy, how much she sang. Yeah. Um, and then I was gonna say Christina, because I like some of her songs. She was I wasn't her biggest fan. I I liked like I'm a genie a bottle, um, dirty later on. And then many more. I didn't really know too much about her than she like later on did a walk to remember when it was in this like mm -hmm. oh yeah so she was yeah. good. i didn't really know her as much i just remember she was one of those singers like her and jessica simpson were good but i didn't really know them too much too well uh but now i would have to say manny more hands down because just i want to be rebecca pearson on this is us i love this is us so much um so many more oh. have priority Brittany would get second and at christina i still like some of her music but manny more number one I have not seen This Is Us because I don't like crying shows. You would not. Okay. <laughs> like okay. shows that are made you're, to make you cry. You're not going to watch it. I'm yeah. not going to watch it. Like my sisters, like my sisters will trade with me and get me to watch certain things, but they wouldn't waste. I wouldn't cost waste it. on me watching This Is Us. Not because it's the people aren't good or it's not, but that's just not mine. Her career, again, her career arc, Mandy Morris has been so amazing. Like just, you should listen to her uh, on, um, off camera sam jones it's a podcast she's on she talks about her arc from going from a pop singer to having an acting career and what that journey was like for her and, awesome. the, and the struggles of it and it was she's i love Mandy Moore. and she just put out an album this year or last year and she's about to have a baby any second now she's like about to pop a baby out she's had plenty of experience so. with children by this point uh, <laughs> all right now this is one that i feel like this one is just for jenny because I don't know the, sh the the show in this level of depth, but I wanted to throw some Boy Meets World in here for you. Really, you don't? I, I mean, like... I no, I watched the show. I watched it before it was on before it was on TGIF, and it was just on like other days of the week. We watched it because those right. guys are our age. Watch. But mm -hmm. um, okay, so I'm gonna go with the side characters. You know, we love a good side character situation. This is a great one. Okay, so Minkus, Jack Hunter, who was Matthew Lawrence's character. 
and Morgan Matthews, Corey's little sister, who I, I'm not, I didn't remember was in the TV. Are show. you kidding? She's yeah. my absolute, Rose, she's my absolute favorite. Her in the she wedding was dress the for best. Topanga, for the Topanga Corey wedding, she's like, I'm not wearing this dress, the pink, like the peach dress. Wow, Lil, no Morgan wonder. Morgan forever. Lily, no wonder you like that character. Very funny. Very <laughs> I funny. You can neither confirm nor deny Lily she, has a similar, similar approach. Really? to my wedding. to wearing a dress uh, at shy's wedding the but point is that dresses too in the, the, show, in the, the show the point is that morgan is a very strong character and i was into that from the beginning so morgan as a buy forever in my book so Jenny. but yes yeah, yeah jenny you can keep right. uh yeah. i love you're like in the in for anyone who's not looking at the sheet besides us it says because we know jenny loves Corey, and i really did um it was i think it was the curly hair which did it for me um okay i'm gonna say now by jack hunter like oh like yes matthew lawrence <laughs> take that he's um, he probably aged the best of the lawrence brothers he looks pretty much the same he looks so he's He's married to that uh, dancer, right? From Dancing with the Stars or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, Cheryl Burke on the show. Um, I'll say Morgan Matthews for Rent because she had a good arc and she matured. I know they were different actresses from like the first season to like the second for the later on seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and she became more mature. I'll say Morgan Matthews for the second one. And then I'll say Minkus. Oh, Minkus. I'm going to met him. Yeah. Take or leave that guy. Love Not the absolute character. Love <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Before we get to our Rex and shout outs, uh, I mean, shout outs and Rex, uh, Jenny, you've been so awesome, by the way, with giving us your time here. I feel like we're. So we're going to do a quick comparathon. Comparathon was, was actually coined by our dear friend Chris Royce at the Buddies Without Borders podcast with, that he does with Stevie Jackson. Um, because we were doing this bit and we didn't have a name. And then Chris came on the show and he was like, I have a name for this bit. So I always feel like we got to attribute. So I'm going to run down this list of, we did this with our mom once where, where we had our like mom's favorite hunks. And we like went through and com- basically compared everyone to Mark Harmon. Um, and I think Dennis Quaid ended up winning though with mom. Anyways. So I'm going to run down this list and essentially going to compare one to the other Love Dennis and without Quaid. thinking too hard. You got to pick one. And then these are all sort of 90s heartthrobs, and we're going to okay. see who wins your comparison. Okay. So, Brad Pitt or Will Smith? Say Will Smith. Okay. Will Smith or Leonardo DiCaprio? Leo. Leo or Vanderbeek? Vanderbeek, because I also worked with him. I haven't worked with Leo and Vanderbeek. It's so nice. I think Van I'm Der sure Beek he's is, nice, but you I have think, to think of it. Okay. We're in the 90s. If I was 90s, we're in the 90s. Leo, yes, Leo, Jenny, please. Leo. I gotta tell you, you there's no way in the 90s. Vanderbeek Van Der Beek is wonderful. He's I think hilarious. He's Love underrated. Him. I think but don't trust you the need to come. 23. Yeah, but I'm sorry. But... It was a great show because of the Vanderbeek part of that show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Kristen Ritter's show. And Kristen Ritter is super funny. When I used to do extra work years ago, I, I worked as an extra on, and they were both really nice. All three leads. Yeah. Lovely. Amazing. But there is no way. Any '90s girl is picking Dawson over Leo. Okay, just not happening. Because we, I mean, every girl you gotta be, gotta like, be true. Remember, gotta be true to your '90s self. And when he broke like the the like the handcuffs on Titanic, you wanted to be the one 
breaking it with the axe. Like I mean, I, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. So I, you guys remember the mm-hmm. show? And I talked about this in our '90s room on Clubhouse. But there was a sketch where they were like Amanda and this other girl were like, "We're a caddy, and we're like for those." Or it was like all that. I might have been on all that sketch, but they talked about like Leonardo DiCaprio, and they were like, "Ew, it's Rose! Like hit her! It's like a pinata version of Rose!" And like, "Cause you stole Leo from all of us." Um, yeah, it's like some all that, or they managed to show this. This okay, this. Leo, Leo, or Saved by the Bell's Mario Lopez, Leo, <laughs> Leo, or Jordan Catalano himself, Jared Leto. Okay, Leo. that's almost impossible. That's Leo. that's almost that's almost impossible. Leo versus ER era Clooney, so not like. You know, Silver Fox. Amal, not Amal Clooney, Clooney. Yeah. But ER Clooney. Clooney, Clooney. And also Clooney was in Facts of Life. That is true. That is true. Yes, it is Falconer? True. Wasn't so, he some weird name like yeah. Falconer or something like that? Yeah. Wasn't that his name? Was it some strange name? What was his name? Not Falconer. I'll look it up for you. That. You look it up while I did. Okay, so <laughs> Clooney, ER era Clooney versus Justin Timberlake. I would have gone Justin Timberlake back then, but no, I, as an adult, then. I'd Clooney as an adult. Of course. Of course oh, wait, so which one are you are you taking that. for this game? Though? No, she has, she has, I think you got to put yourself in the 90s. Okay, if this. I was a child and I was, I, I was a little girl again, I'm going to say Justin Timberlake. Okay, back Justin back or Luke Perry? I'll say Luke Perry. All right. Luke Perry or Freddie Pinch Jr.? Luke Perry. Luke Perry or Ethan Luke Perry or Ethan Hawk. Yeah, that's what I was thinking with Ethan Hawk. Reality bites man himself. Yes. Yes. Ethan Hawk. All right. And now probably the biggest showdown. The the reason why this lists like this comparison exists. Nineties Ethan Hawk versus nineties Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Hands All down. right, so there you go, Johnny Depp. Ethan Hawke for me. In the in not the, that in you're the... asking me, and this is not even you're not even asking me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not asking you. So no, okay, so... Shy, his wait, his name on Facts of Life was George. It wasn't George. <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah. What was the show where there was George some dude named Falconer? I don't know. I don't know. Falconer. TV show. <laughs> the the Falconer is the TV show. Oh, from the okay. 60s what okay. right, I'm not... <laughs> you're gonna All have right. to deal with this <laughs> I'm gonna, i'll have to fit we don't have time for me to like research no. this i don't know where no. i got that from and no one cares so. nobody exactly <laughs> so, someone's gonna text me though and be like what the hell <laughs> this is this is the perfect moment where i get the angry text from people who listen Did you to the ever show. find that amanda Bynes sketch i was telling you about i'm probably not remembering it right but i remember feeling the same way of like any every girl was jealous of rose in the 90s is what i remember we we will we will I will find that. Good. All right. Now it comes to our again, we have our, our amazing actor who appeared on Parks and Recs, uh Parks and Rec. And now we have our segment of the show called Shoutouts and Recs. Lily, what have you been watching? So um we we started watching well, it doesn't matter. We watched last night The Little Things, which takes place in the 90s. It did, 1990. I watched that too. It takes place in 1990. It is a throwback callback to 90s era type suspense, like thrillers and um, cop kind of movies. And it has a great cast, Jared Leto, uh, Rami Malek, and the great Denzel Washington. Um, so we watched that. I highly recommend it. It's on HBO Max. And it's kind of, I find this annoying that like, if you don't have HBO Max or can't watch it where you live, 
then there's no other way for you to see it. Like I would pay, like if you could pay for it and like offer it on another service and isn't everybody winning? Like, I don't know why we have to just like hoard well, for the this, streaming is a, service. this is a specific Warner Brothers strategy that they are releasing their. They're only releasing right their, their big content movies on. Right, but HBO like Max give it a month, like, give it a few weeks, like probably like give it a few weeks, and then like make your money elsewhere too. I don't know. So it's you like can tell only Lily is not out. in the it, business side of the. I'm not, industry. and also, I, I also, I'm also in a foreign country, so I get annoyed when like they don't share. But it's like releasing a movie in one movie theater in the United States being like, everybody can only go to this theater to watch it. Like it's an- annoying, uh, you know, one so. theater, maybe, not like one theater building. Like we almost go to AMC in Times Square. It's like, no, we're the AMC chain is what you mean. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, and if you, and if you, you can't, and if you don't have one near you, then you can't see the movie. Like back in the day, you're not going to drive four hours to see a movie. So it's sort of, I'm like, but, why, why can't, Lily, I'm willing to pay for it. Why can't everybody see the movie? But you did you like it? And create your own. Yes, I liked it. Chain. Yes. Um, I, chain. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be mean, room in the space when, when quarantine's over because they're all going to close. Uh, um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was good. I'd love to like on another time and topic, talk to you about it, but um, I thought it was good. And it's been a while since I've sat through a movie. To so. me, that was the example. Besides I, Tenet. I, I, on Letterboxd, I gave it three stars, which for me, that's a solid rent or an excellent sure. Friday night movie. Like a movie where if we saw it on the theater on Friday night with mom and dad after Shabbat dinner, which yeah. is by the way, the origin that's of the name of the show. Uh, um, we Every Shabbat, we'd have Shabbat dinner and then we'd go to the movies. That would be like a perfect, like right in there. You know, it's not, was it usual suspects? No, but, but did we get, you know, two hours of, of Rami Malek, Denzel Washington? Also, the movie wasn't two and a half to three hours. It was two hours, which is perfectly acceptable. I don't understand why movies are not just two hours. A romantic comedy or like, or like a, a girl that's battling cancer and then her significant other that she meets in the hospital saves her in the most beautiful. The title of the movie? Yeah, little, the little thing. So when I was looking, I was like, that sounds like a sweet rom-com, which I like. And then I was like, oh, no, it's not. That's not. No, no it's like very Night Stalkery. It's I very dark. It's a yeah. movie. It looks really dark. The, the name, I was like, oh, what a sweet Hallmark movie. I no. think you're right, though. The title's a bit misleading. Um, good movie. It's a good movie from what I heard. But... The, the actors are, I mean, all the good thing is that movie delivers on its promise. That movie tells you good. these three actors are going to be in this movie. Jared Leto comes in about and halfway and then the movie really starts to move fast. But, but it's just, you're just, they're going to be these. amazing. And right. they're amazing. And awesome. the plot's good enough. It has a nice twist. Story's good enough. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I think today, look, honestly, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> We're in a pandemic and this movie came out. I think that's great. Like, well, it's definitely a good. Also, when you compare, we've been, Jenny, and again, this is your industry, so you, we do not, nothing I'm about to say is, should be attributed okay. or endorsed to, by Jenny, but we have been very hard on Netflix's feature films on this or show. Their original content. Like their original can, films. Like where they and, can, not, and not, and we don't, we don't blame right. any one person, but the scripts are really bad. And so the the the, the movies where what it happens is with Netflix because like to all the boys I love which I really I read the book series it got me back into reading actually that movie was that and like the kissing booth I clearly like rom-coms 
they were sold. They like Netflix, like they weren't produced by Netflix. I, I, I might be wrong about that, but some movies are just Netflix buys. That, those right. are better. Yeah. Those are better. Those are rom coms and comedies, but specifically the action action movies, Netflix movies, where they're like they'll put like Ryan Reynolds' name at the top, and you're like, oh my god, all these amazing actors, and the movies are just un unwatchable. Unwatchable. There's the one with Thor in it that was also just like, they, it's amazing because they have all the ingredients. It's like Chris it's Hemsworth. Like, yeah, it's it's the one they have all the ingredients. So this movie, which was a movie that was supposed to be theatrical but was released on streaming to me was a high quality movie. Like this was not one where I felt like they spent all the money on one star and then nothing else on the rest. Right. Or except for the effects or whatever. There were no effects in this movie. But this one, like the money went into those three actors and it was worth it because they all well spent. They all tried. Right. You could tell they were all trying. And, right. and, and it was and again Rami Malek like every bone of his face he's is so a good, good. he's so he's such an um, intelligent being too yeah an intellectual he's incredible um and Foxy so just the way he answers questions he's so and smart. and he's seen, like at this point he doesn't need to be as humble as he is and I saw an interview with him talking about experience of working with Denzel Washington and he, you know and he's an Oscar winner himself and he just was like so humble and so interesting to listen to and just like wanted to like share his experience on set and i feel like that's just he doesn't have to be like that and that was it was pretty awesome and i, I like that he said he's he's really nice that, that's what i've heard word of mouth oh that's they said he's really, i mean it's good to hear it's good to hear and it was funny when he's just like they're like what well, was like working with denzel washington he said something about like have you like he can just like just, just chew gum and you're like amazed <laughs> Oh, yeah, his Denzel. gum chewing. I was like, in that Chewing's movie, right. in that movie, he's chewing gum, and I was chewing like, gum. oh, I love when Denzel Washington chews he's gum. Just, like just so chewing good. that gum, and he's, he's the, this is a great actor. Oh, he's, he's so amazing. He's Anyways, um, but I wanted to do some wrecks, '90s wrecks that I feel like people may not have seen, and I '90s is when I discovered independent film, and I like fell in love with just all these movies that I feel like are not the mainstreams. And now it was the nineties get further and further away. And the nostalgia is like only like we were talking about this shy, right? Like our kids won't remember like what the will 90s. make the cut. Right. Because dad will mention well, exactly. some random movie and we'll be like, Oh dad, we do not have room for that. Like for the sixties stuff. Right. Like, yeah, we don't have room for exactly for everything. So I talk about Billy Jack. Billy Jack, he didn't know he doesn't talk about My mom loves this movie so much. <laughs> I'm interested. But like, exactly. But that's the kind of like, the deeper cuts that don't make the cut. And I feel like if people maybe are needing content right now, there's not as much new stuff out and people feel like they've quote unquote seen everything. These are some 90s movies that I love. Um, so quick, Buffalo 66 with Vincent Gallo and Christina Ricci. That is one of my favorite movies. Um, it's weird and offbeat, and the premise is a bit odd because it's about a guy that abducts a girl. But it's I very sweet. thought it's you a were very talking about alternative. I thought you were talking about yeah. American Buffalo with no, Dennis Franz no, and no. With Dennis Franz and Dustin Hoffman, which is another indie movie. No, from that era. yeah, but no, Buffalo '66, I believe, written and directed by Vincent Gallo, um, and it's actually a love story. And it's I'm into like offbeat love stories. Um, and then also so good. It's just in the '90s in general. She's just, yeah, she's she's great in this movie. I mean, they both are. Then um, two foreign films that are phenomenal. All about my mother is one of the best movies in the entire world uh, by Pedro Almodovar. And it's just, and he was, I think as an actress, like 
If you haven't seen that movie, it's about actors and uh, it's just that movie's beyond brilliant. Um, then another foreign film, a German film, Run Lola Run, came out in the 90s. That movie is amazing as like a heisty action. Um, it, it's it's phenomenal. Run Lola Run. That's so funny that um, you mentioned that movie because in my mind, I'm like, that's not a movie everybody knows. Like, I don't I think remember people don't talk out, about it was that. Such a big Franca deal. Potente, the, 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 the main character. And that movie was huge when it came out, but then I feel like it's been forgotten. Then we have Boondock Saints, which is uh, such a great movie from the 90s. Also doesn't get talked about enough. And then I highly recommend Wes Anderson's first film, Bottle Rocket. Oh, yeah. That movie is so good. And again, maybe I mean, his oeuvre is so brilliant, but maybe people don't know about his first film. And I recommend that. So I, was, my 90s, right? I was an Wes Anderson early adopter because that's the first of his that's a, movies the first movie that I, I saw. saw. Although I will say like... I'm sort of, I'm sort of medium off the West Anderson. Like I'm 50, 50 on him overall. Like when you, when you I love all him, the movies, but. But I feel like you see that movie and you're like this, this, when he gets money to make what he wants to make, this guy is going to like blow our minds. Like that's how I felt. I mean, that's true. He hadn't done Tenenbaums or Rushmore. Can I, can I actually, I like to drop a movie that not many people. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so this has a little backstory with it. So part of the SAG Awards, which was my union, my Screen Actors Guild union, you sometimes, you you vote on the movies, which we, I already just did recently of this year. And in, before you sometimes, and this is still a thing, you'll randomly choose like a lottery system and you randomly get choose to be part of the nominating committee. So you're one of the people that then chooses which movie, you vote on, this movie deserves to be nominated. And that's how the nominations come out. So I got chosen one year and, and it's like you don't get chosen for another eight years just during Les Mis. And it's again lottery system. So you want you get like 60 DVDs. Now it would just be screening. And there's this one movie, and I, I still remember it. it's called In the Family. And it's about a LGBTQT couple, two males. And one of the males was the father of this child, and the other one was, um, I believe he was Asian. And eventually the, the partner dies of the act, the father of the actual child, and the family, the, 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 um, the man's mother and his father were very open to his partner and then they become very cold and it becomes a whole custody battle where the little boy prefers the um, the man's partner, his other father. And it's a whole beautiful story. It didn't get much love on the SAG Awards, but it did. I messaged the director and the creator and the star of it and I just said, your picture is so beautiful and it deserves more recognition. Everyone should see in the family. It's so good. And this is this is your wreck. Uh, this is my wreck in 2011. It's from like 2011. Oh, okay, got yeah. it. Right. What do you have any other wrecks? I do recommend Zoe's extraordinary playlist <laughs> because I lost a few family members last year too to COVID. I lost all my grandparents who were surviving, and Zoe actually. I will go and clearly on record saying this: Zoe helped me and my mom get through the loss of my. Oh. Because it was so. That's huge. It was so therapeutic to see. Now, I love musicals and they do a great job, but it was just therapeutic to see a mother and daughter take care of somebody and to like to watch someone go through hospice the way that we had to watch my grandmother. And we took care of her in home hospice care. My second grandmother passed. So that show, it means a lot to me. It helped. It really was, it was like watching someone else go through this with us. I very much recommend Zoe if anyone needs to feel a little better about lost loved ones. That's awesome. And that's part that's of amazing. that is part it's of huge. how you have made me made the case. I've heard you make this case before. Thank you, A, yeah. for sharing and B 
that is part of why I'm getting back into it. Because if it was so healing for you, then then I, I gotta yeah. gotta. I think gotta... what works for me may not work for everyone. I always say that it really like me and my mom started watching it halfway through, and I was like, oh my god, we're not alone. Like everything was so accurate. I was like the eight finding the AIDS, the hospice bed. I was like, this is all that we had to deal with. Oh wow! Yeah, it's huge. Well, thank you so much for sharing that piece. And yeah. and um, now I have my Rex, and then we'll do our socials and we'll get out. Jenny, you've been so generous. My Rex, a Jenny Ann Hochberg, JennyAnnHochberg.com is your website where you can see your reels, and you have so many fun, cool like scenes that you've been in that uh i i are are really great uh the 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 both the you know things like parks and rec but also there are these i don't know if they're sketches or otherwise but it's like you in the bar with the guy and yeah. you're like they're really i just love the you do a lot of acting with your eyes that is really really awesome and i feel like in those scenes like there's so much conveyed in those different scenes it's really fun to watch that so Thank check you. out jenny's reel and her stuff um, but also if you need, uh, if you're an aspiring actor or a working actor and you need an awesome coach, check out Jenny's very affordable, very am am <laughs> amazing stuff, or join us every Monday at lunchtime on the East coast to talk about the nineties on clubhouse. It's a laid back, fun conversation. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, my recs are, I watched look who's talking with the kids, which also directed by Amy Heckerling of Clueless, which was fun for us to reminisce about. I watched this 90s Canadian horror movie from Clive Barker called Nightbreed. I don't really know why I decided to watch it, but I, I will say I got the director's cut, which was like two plus hours long. And at a certain point, I just pulled the ripcord and fast forwarded to the end just to see what would happen. It was like Cirque du Soleil meets Twilight, but with every horrific, gory thing that could be in it. I don't really like horror movies. Um, but I, I, yeah, anyways, that's all I have to say about that. And, um, with that, um, I know I mentioned Jenny and but Jenny, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Instagram, which I'm actually going to make sure I gave you the right name for my Instagram. Yes. My Instagram name is Jenny.Ann.Hochberg. And that is my most used social media platform that, and of course, Clubhouse. Clubhouse is amazing. I, I, if everyone can join it, please do. Absolutely. If you're listening, you don't have an invite. I get new ones every week, apparently. So I'm happy to. I was moderating. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the clubhouse owner, but that's um, still by somebody. But uh, but yeah, I get to I get to keep inviting people. So I invited a friend on LinkedIn who had shot out a message saying like, "Hey, I need I need one, and this is an awesome person to be on there." So Lily, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter and Clubhouse. Clubhouse, just my name, Lily Gorman. And Twitter, Chichi, C-H-I-C-H-I-K, Gomez with a Z on the Twitter. And, and you, can, you can follow me at, wait, where can you follow me? At Pancake for Table, Pancake and the number four table on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd. You can also follow me on Clubhouse, uh, Shy Corman, just my regular name. And just my uh, name on Clubhouse, too, because I forgot to say how you find me on Clubhouse is my first and last name. Th there you go. Um, it's the, I mean, the fact that it makes it easy to find people in a certain sense. Um, and uh, we always like to remind our audience that as a family, we are supporting the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Equal Justice Initiative, two very important organizations doing really important things for our democracy. 
um, and equality and social justice. So please check those out. And if you see, if you if if they ring something special in you, then you should support them too. And uh, with that, the theme music will kick in from What Does It Eat? Uh, it, we, it kicks in post production. So just act, if you will, to pretend it's there. And just bop your head as we finish the show and say our goodbyes. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.